the following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Fourteen twenty in the morning, 14 minutes and 20 seconds, where the sports talk to get you through your daily commute. Hot takes, recaps, best bets, and a little humor to get your day going in the right direction. Sit back, grab your coffee, and let's get into it. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. 14.20 in the morning for uh, for this 26th day of October 2023. Today's show is brought to you by SeatGeek.com and the SeatGeek app. Use promo code 1420POD at SeatGeek.com today and save yourself 20 bucks on your first purchase. Remember, we are part of the Belly Up Media Network. Go to uh, BellyUpSports.com for all the great articles and other po- podcasts such as the Corner Booth Podcast and the uh, Rise of the Occasion Podcast with Josh and the guys over there. Uh, thank you very much from all of us here at 1420 World Headquarters for being uh, for taking time out of your day to listen to us or watch on YouTube and uh, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel when you get a chance. Right now, I am joined by Jake Comey uh, out of WMKR Radio out of Taylorville, Illinois. Jake, how you doing, sir? I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Let's talk a little bit of Chicago and area sports. The, uh, geez, Jake, you're, you're a Packers guy. The, uh, the Green Bay Packers are having a tough go over it right now. They currently sit at two and four. Uh, at least they're not in last place. If they had more games, they'd probably be right there with Chicago Bears. But what is going on with the Packers? Yeah, normally my saving grace to get away from Chicago sports, which has been absolutely dreadful over the past few years, is I had the Packers, and they were good. So um, to see them kind of just tumble is um, unfortunate. But – it's a lot of things, you know, you look back at it. I mean, they're been hit by the injury bug pretty hard. Um, their defensive coordinator is awful. Um, he has been for the past three years. It's nothing that's changed. Um, situationally, the defense is horrible. And, you know, one thing I haven't expected to see that has happened is the regression of Jordan Love. He has, he started the year off really strong. And as the year has gone on, he's gotten worse, which is interesting because he just got Christian Watson back. Um, Aaron Jones is returning to the lineup. And since they've come back, he's, statistically got worse so it's really interesting time in Packerland right now uh packer twitter is definitely an interesting place to be as you go on uh just everything you can hear about fire matt lafleur fire joe barry um caleb williams hunt so it's been a wild time on packer twitter and it's an interesting time for the packers in a whole the transition to love, like you said, he started out great, but the transition to Jordan Love uh, from Aaron Rodgers and that whole saga that dragged on for far too long, in my opinion, they probably should have transitioned to that a, a while before, and, and I think. But that transition has not gone well at all, and it's it's a it's a situation where if you have a kid who doesn't get to play right out of right out of college, he sits around and sits around. Yes, you get mentoring. I understand that from one of the all time greats, but you got to be able to play. And uh, by not playing for a couple of years, basically, I think that's been the biggest downfall. Because the season can be tough, and now you're into game eight going this week. Um, what's the what's your thoughts on the transition? How the how the Packers handled it? Yeah, going back to just the beginning of it, it was you saw what Gutekinds was trying to do when he drafted Jordan Love. Because you look at that 2019 Packers team, and Aaron Rodgers had had a down year. It was kind of we all knew it was fluky. It was kind of like the Vikings last year, where they go 11 and one in one score games. You kind of knew it was fluky because they weren't winning by a lot, and when they did get beat, they got beat by a ton. Um, but obviously they go to the NFC championship and then Jordan loves drafted. And then after that, Aaron Rodgers went back-to-back MVPs. And now you're going, well, we have to keep on to him. And finally he has another down year and they move off of him. But 
like you mentioned, it's hard to just step into the NFL without playing in the past three years. Um, especially coming out of a school like Utah State that doesn't have, you know, a ton of big game energy, um, you know, to step right into the NFL and try to give it everything you have. Uh, I think he's, there's some rust there, but as I mentioned, he's regressing instead of progressing, which is never good for an NFL starting quarterback. That's the one thing you notice a lot of sports when they they when teams just kind of hang on and they they hang and they're 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 mediocre at best they're five hundred or or just above or below and they hang on they get to the playoffs and don't really do anything and then all of a sudden you get to a point like oh now our star is gone and now what do we do because uh, now you're now you're at a team that is mediocre at best and I think mediocre is uh, in the rearview mirror almost with the Packers right now um, is that something that that maybe a bottoming out to them maybe the Packers can look at doing that right now you hate to to say to give up on your season already we'll talk about that in a second but like you get to a point where if you are around 500 mediocre is mediocre you're not doing anything yeah i think of like the early 2010s uh st louis rams coached by jeff fisher they always were like seven and nine or just the eight and eight but yeah i mean that's where you don't want to be i mean if you look at the packers they have obviously their first round pick and then you're looking at assumingly you would have the jets second round pick as well as well as your own second round pick so I think tanking is an option. The issue is, what do you take? When you look around the Packers roster, it's kind of an interesting situation where do they need a wide receiver? Yeah, but they have three young guys. Who are you going to replace with that that you just put some draft capital into? Obviously, the offensive line needs help. You don't know what David Bakhtiari is going to give you. Um, You look at the running back room, sure, but you're not taking a running back top 10. And then you look at the defense where you've invested so many first-round picks already. Do you go back to the defensive side? And if you do, where do you go? I think defensive lines, they're – need if they need one but where are you going to go are you going to invest that much obviously safety is a huge need for the Packers as well but not a huge amount of uh, early first round talent at safety so it's kind of a weird situation where they're in where they don't have a ton of holes they just don't excel at many things and kind of stuck in mediocrity they got a bunch of mediocre guys that are playing mediocre and mediocre times mediocre equals mediocre no matter which way you put it uh, Jake that uh, you, you look at that Packer franchise and over the last 30 years they've had two two quarterbacks uh with Aaron Rodgers and obviously Brett Favre and Favre's a little bit uh, before your time I'm sure you remember a little bit but what's the like what's the vibe around Packerland to only have the two the uh the two championships total with uh, that those quarterbacks that are legendary guys Hall of Fame first ballot the whole thing and to only get the uh, the, the pair of championships that's that's got to be a bit tough knowing that you're going into now you're going into the unknown with what but which basically the unknown with with Jordan Love and then who's by all accounts isn't isn't the Brett Favre I don't want to count him out yet or an Aaron Rodgers yeah I think you look at it and there's just so many missed opportunities obviously I really only started watching football 2010 area but 2014 was devastating where they blew the lead to Seattle and then you look at the past well not last year but the two years before that they should have won that game against Tampa Bay Aaron Rodgers had a rough game but the defense kept them in it and they're not able to pull it out. And then you have just the bonkers game against San Francisco and the snow and the cold and the offense just didn't show up. Um, there's just so many missed opportunities when you look at it. Yeah, only two Super Bowl rings with two Super Bowl or so, sorry, two Super Hall of Fame talents. that look like, I mean, Yeah, 10 top 10 all time quarterbacks and you yeah, get two crazy. Super Bowl rings out of it. The uh, losing to Denver last week's a bit of a low spot. My uh, my guest, my uh, 
co-host on the 1420 podcast we do on Mondays and Thursdays. He's a big Denver fan, and he he's uh, he's succumbed to how bad they are, and he's he's accepted that Russell Wilson isn't the guy, and uh, it's just one of those things. But the, when the Packers lose that game, that's got to be a bit of a kick in the pills for for the Packers to, to lose that game. So those are games you got to win, especially when your division isn't very good, which the the, the North is not. It, it's it's I, I still think the, uh, the Detroit Lions are, are fraudulent myself, but we'll yeah. see. But they have they have a chance to 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 win a game last week against a bad. Denver team and then pull up a stinker and lose 1917. That's a bad, that, that, those are must wins, those ones. Yeah. And even looking at the NFC wildcard race, like the NFC is a conference, isn't very good. The wildcard was right there. Um, you dropped two in a row to the Raiders before the bye week, and then you drop one to Denver. Um, those are just easy games. And the one thing that I think really looking in the grand scheme of things is Mount LaFleur has always struggled with long time off. You look at Against the Raiders, you had a Thursday night game going into a Monday night game. And then following the Raiders game, you had a bye going into the Broncos game. He's always struggled either off the bye or with really long breaks. Um, or so it seems like. I don't have the stats to back that up. But, yeah, I mean, those are just two must-win games if you want to stay in the NFC race. And they didn't win them. They got Minnesota this week. Minnesota acting. Kirk Cousins, oh, primetime Kirk Cousins. He does. He's not very good when it comes down to uh, when it's after uh, – four in the afternoon but they got they got minnesota this week the packers do uh what do you think the packers are going to do this week against uh kirk cousins and the, the minnesota vikings yeah it's it's going to be an interesting game i would i would have to take the vikings at this moment um i just you just don't know what you're going to get out of the packers at this moment you know you'll drop two in a row to uh subpar opponents and the vikings are trending on their way up it's going to be a tough task i understand they don't have jefferson but Packers right now, you just don't know what you're going to get out of them. They currently look like a poorly coached team defensively anyway. The talent's kind of dragging them along. And, yeah, it's it's kind of a meddling type of year where you just don't know what you're going to get out of the Packers. Speaking of not knowing what you're going to get out of them, I think you actually do know what you're getting out of this team. Let's go three hours south into Chicago there. And that that's an absolute train wreck once again. My uh, my wife, her, uh, her brother's a big Bears fan, and he thought this was the year. And I was like, no, man, it's not. I hate to break it to you, but it's really not. What is the problem with the Chicago Bears? And they're not even mired in mediocrity. They're mired in terrible. Yeah, they're awful. And I think it's all coaching. Uh, me and my, my dad's a huge Bears fan. So we always talk about uh, the Bears. And, I, you know, you could put a lot of blame on fields. I think, you know, I think that's where the fan base wants to go. He hasn't looked like, you know, this was supposed to be his year to take the step and he hasn't, but the offensive play calling is awful. I mean, and Eberflus, I don't think he's an NFL head coach. Um, I think they move on to him next year. I don't know, you know, Ryan Poles, I don't know how much of an inner or sorry, influence he had on the hiring of Matt Eberflus. I think he's going to get an opportunity to hire his own coach this cycle around and we'll see who he picks. But I think hiring Matt Eberflus when you had a young Justin Fields always made no sense to me. It seemed like if you were going to hire a defensive coach, um, they had to hit on the offensive coordinator and they missed on Luke Getze, former Packer. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're they're a train wreck and they're poorly coached and it's, it's really showing as the year has gone on. It's it's one of those things like you can just hear the dollars falling out of Fields' pocket right now, especially after uh, what so Tyson Bajan got the win last week over over Las Vegas. 
uh, when Fields is out. And now, like, Fields is without, like without a contract, basically, I think, after next year. And the dollar signs are just getting less and less under his name. Um, is this actually a good thing for the Packers that Fields is out and that they won a game? They can say, okay, Fields, you know what? We don't have to pay you. Like, you're, you're that we brought in this, whoever this guy is, Tyson Bajan, of all people. And then we can say bye bye, Justin Fields, and they can save themselves a couple of bucks because you're seeing a lot, a lot more of these quarterbacks now that are uh, serviceable guys. And the superstars who are getting paid, they, um, they aren't delivering a whole bunch. You go into Buffalo uh, and that little wreck that they got going on there. Uh, but is this a good thing for the Bears that they're kind of w- without fields? Is it something that they can move on with them and say, thanks, bye, see you, and we'll, we'll save ourselves $35 bucks here? Yeah, I mean, really, if you look at it, you know, it's kind of a weird situation in Chicago because right now, um, you know, Ryan Poles is the general manager, and he didn't draft Justin Fields. So it's always kind of weird because it's not his guy. And, you know, I think the Panthers are potentially going to have the number one pick, which belongs to the Chicago Bears. And it's going to be – it's going to take a lot for them not to draft Caleb Williams and – you know, if you draft Caleb Williams, you got four more years of a rookie contract. And now you kind of you spent a lot last offseason. Maybe you're trying to build the team up a little bit. And now you have an opportunity to draft another rookie quarterback at four more years of the rookie deal. I think there's a potential that Justin Fields is gone after the end of the year. I don't know where he's going to end up. And they, they end up with Caleb Williams. That's if Williams gets uh, more money than getting out of USC. And I'm a USC guy, and he hasn't looked good the last couple of weeks. But that's one of those, one of those things. You must be a Notre Dame fan. I'm not Notre Dame. I'm actually a Clemson fan, which is really odd. That's um, odd. I have a story about this. So I was in Park District baseball, and we had a draft. And I was awful at baseball. I was <laughs> awful at a lot of sports, and uh, we got drafted. Like we had a, a combine of. I was. I had to be like ten, and um, we get drafted, but they didn't use college teams, and I was drafted a Clemson. So I became a Clemson Tigers fan. Um, this was in the early 2010s. So they weren't quite the national championship contender then. Um, so it was a little bit of a bandwagon, but not completely. And then even looking at my other college, I'm a Duke basketball fan. because my grandma was a huge Duke fan. So it looks like I'm a total bandwagon. Um, I guess I kind of am, but yeah, interesting Clemson and Duke, my two college teams. Yeah, I, I'm I'm a Duke guy, and then USC, and then the Yankees. As you can see over my shoulder here, it's one of those. So I'm every cup. Yeah, you cheer for winners. Well, yeah, it's better than cheering for losers. Pretty pretty simple. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Why would you want to? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, it's getting to the halfway point of the season. You, you got the uh, the Bears at two and five, and the uh, the Packers at two and four, I believe. And they're the, the bye week that they had. Um, do you see any playoff aspirations for either of these fo- football teams moving forward? You know, the NFC is so weak. Um, that there's a chance if one of these teams goes on a run that they make it just because, I mean, the NFC is awful. Um, you're looking at potentially, I think the Rams were last time I checked the wild card. I don't know what that updated to, but I mean, that last wild card spot really could be anybody. And if you go on a run and you look at the Packers schedule, their schedule is so bizarrely weak. Um, I know they have the chiefs and the chargers coming up, but I think that's really the highlight of their schedule other than the NFC North. It's a pretty awful schedule. So, Maybe they go on a run, make it into the seventh seed and get blown out by whoever the two seed is, probably San Francisco. But, yeah, it's going to be an interesting year to see if anybody of those teams can make the playoffs. I'm not sold on uh, on the Chargers and Justin Herbert. I think that, that uh, he's one of those quarterbacks that got uh, paid because someone didn't want him to succeed somewhere else. That's I, I just I have I just he got a lot of money for doing not a whole bunch pretty early. And it's one of those things. Uh, before we get into the uh, the World Series, let's get get 
got to be sidelined. I think who's going on to that. Uh, what happened to the Chicago White Sox? You're a Chicago land guy. What happened to the White Sox? Because they had playoff aspiration. They were supposed to be a playoff contender, and they uh, ended up with what, what a 61, 61 and 101 record or something like that. So yeah. there is some hope because of the two World Series teams that had 100 lost seasons just two years ago. So there is some hope for the White Sox and the White Sox faithful moving forward. What happened to the White Sox? Uh, everything went wrong. I, I just, everything that they wanted to go right didn't. I mean, you look at the pitching. I mean, obviously they trade Lynn in the middle of the season, but and Giolito gets traded in the middle of the season, but Deese regressed, Kopech regressed. Um, you know, Mike Clevenger, who was injured half the year, was their best starting pitcher, which is never a good sign when he's your best starter. They're, I mean, the bullpen is behind him. Yeah. That's... Yeah. I mean, you look at the bullpen, like Gregory Santos, who they picked up and I believe roll five is their best closer. Uh, obviously, Liam Hendricks, Tommy John, but and obviously the cancer comeback. He was amazing. But, you know, it's, it's a it's a rough year for White Sox. And you look at the batting. I mean, just they pick up Andrew Benatendi and we all kind of knew that that was kind of going to be an average um, pickup and I, everything regressed. And I think, you know, they they missed on the manager hire. I don't not a huge Pedro Gafal fan. And I don't think anybody is in White Sox Nation. Um, it's just, it, there's so much misery in the White Sox. And the issue is they drained their farm system to get this team. And now this team's awful. So you look in the farm system, you have Colson Montgomery and that's about it. Uh, yeah. And Tim Anderson's kind of, he's regressed. He had, like, yeah, he had injury woes this year and he's kind of the, the kind of guy that, uh, polarizing in a locker room to say the least he's not uh he's a bit of a i wouldn't i don't want to go as far as saying he's a cancer but he's a bit of a headache i guess one way of putting it and then so and he's uh i think he's got a club option left one year if they're going to even pick it up is a it used to, like a couple of years ago you think it was a no-brainer but now they might uh because yet like you said they their 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 farm system's drained and they got nothing going on they could probably get a pretty uh pretty decent pickup for a, for a for a guy like Tim Anderson it's a, it's a to to miss on your team that badly to to go to fall from grace that quickly it's it's, it's quite amazing actually yeah it's just i mean it's just awful i mean i look at um man i don't remember the year that Bryce Harper was a free agent but there's a stat out there they picked up four guys for the total that they ended up paying paying Bryce Harper and None of those guys ended up ever amounting to anything. I mean, if you add Bryce Harper to the White Sox, maybe there's something. Maybe a lot more than Bryce Harper, but it's just it's Jerry Reinsdorf's inability to spend long term. Um, Jerry Reinsdorf has no issue spending money. He just, you know, he got shot with a cannon and he's trying to fix it all uh, band aids, and it's just not working. Um, and so, yeah, it's just it's it's pretty bad to be a White Sox fan right now. It's just a bunch of mediocrity. The uh, another team that uh, out in Chicago there that's uh, that, going to have a, a tough season no matter what. And they had a tough season last year and they they did it on purpose. They they uh, sold the farm and everything else and got rid of everything and they've liquidated all the assets to make sure they got uh, Connor Bedard there with the Chicago Blackhawks. What's the buzz like around that part of the world for Bedard and Bedard mania? I know you can't to turn on a TV around here in Western Canada without seeing the, seeing the kid because he played in the Western Hockey League. That's right in the there's a team here in that in the area right here that he played in. Uh, what What's the buzz like in Chicago for this kid? You know, it's no other. It's it's like no other. I think, you know, when Chicago gets their superstars, I think they really, you know, hold on. I mean, look at Justin Fields. I mean, dude wasn't even a superstar, and he's got billboards everywhere. You know, Patrick Kane, he had billboards everywhere. Um, you know, Chicago loves guys that they can hold on to, and Connor Bedard looks like he's going to be one of those guys. You know, I think the pressure that's on him right now is a little little much um you know he's only 18 and i mean you look at the rest of the team i mean it's it's still awful you gotta remember 
this was a team that got the number one pick last year. This team is not going to be good, and there's not yeah, you a lot don't, of You don't get that, that kind of a player by succeeding. There's no right, exactly. <laughs> so you just look at it. I mean, like, there, he's got no help, especially, you know, Hall just hit the uh, IL, and, I mean, Kurashev came back, but there's there's so little goal-scoring help um, for Connor Bedard. So it's going to be kind of a, a down year for, I think, everybody's expectations, but – you know, the Blackhawks have a ton of cap spaces it looks forward, and they have a ton of draft picks as well. So they're just beginning their rebuild, and obviously Connor Bedard helps that rebuild a ton, and he's looked great um, when he's been out there. But it's going to be a rough year for him and the Blackhawks in general. I kind of thought that they, they might have brought back uh, Patrick Kane. Like, it's, it's, there's two sides to that, right? You, you want to start a new era and everything else and keeping Kane around because that would be his dressing room no matter what, and you want to start a new era. But having a guy like Kane there to maybe uh, shield Bedard a little bit from the media because that's it's, it's going to be a tough – Chicago is one of the biggest media centers in, in the country, right? So uh, having a kid like Bedard um, – thrown to the wolves a little bit. I mean, he, let's see if he can handle it. He seems to be doing okay now, but you get into to Christmas time in January, you're missing home a little bit. Because he has a kid, like I said, he's 18 years old. Right. I, I think, I thought maybe bringing Kane back for a year or two on, on some kind of a, a team-friendly deal, because he doesn't need the money. But to bring him back, and so he could kind of, I thought bringing Kane back was going to be a possibility. Yeah, you know, I, I maybe the interest is there from the Blackhawks. I just don't know if Patrick Kane wants to come back. I mean, I think he kind of wants to go out a winner. I think he's kind of one of those vets that's looking for another ring, and I don't play him. I mean, this is going to be a rough Blackhawks team, whether or not they have Patrick Kane. And I think, um, you know, I, I like what the Blackhawks did. They brought in some veterans. Um, Corey Perry as one that comes to mind, Nick Foligno as well. I love him. Um, in the Boston trade. But, you know, yeah, I think when uh, – I remember when Patrick Kane has another winger on the other side of him, whether it was Panarin, Dabrinkit, I mean, some of the times that they just – some of the plays that they were able to iterate uh, was fantastic. And I think Bedard and Patrick Kane would be uh, – one heck of a line to watch. It would have been fun to watch. I, yeah, you thought that maybe there was a, a small chance of him uh, once uh, they, they did get that first overall pick and took, and they might find a, a way to get him. He still doesn't play. He's in signing where he's still, uh, his, his hip's kind of wonky. And I, I think you're right, though. Like, with a, a guy like Kane, he, you get used to winning, and he, you haven't won in a few years. I think the last one was in 14 that they won. And then yeah, – uh, 15, yeah. Yeah, fifteen there, and you, and you go okay. Well, it's it's eight years. It's eight years. You know what? And I only have maybe two, three years left in left in this body. If that, you, you might want to go like go to winter, like you said. Like you, like I, I was uh, talking to a guy a few weeks back about uh, Sidney Crosby, kind of thinking the same thing. Like if the if the Penguins don't get something going, would Crosby move away to to, to maybe win something? Because it's been a it's been a while since they won anything, and uh, he's he's a, a, a winner. Like he wants to win. He's a competitor, and he, it's one of his biggest attributes is his will to win. And when you don't have a chance to win, and that's but that's why these guys get to where they are in their careers is their wills to win. Yeah, I know. I wonder if, you know, the Eric Carlson deal maybe had something to do with it. Maybe, you know, Crosby talked to management and said, hey, I want to win. And if I'm not able to win, that maybe I'm going to, you know, leave the team. And maybe they went, all right, well, let's get something, another piece. And they brought in Eric Carlson, you know, you never know. I mean, I look at Ovi as well. I mean, Ovi, you know, we think he has so much loyalism to the Washington Capitals organization, but maybe you know, he's getting up there. I think maybe he leaves and tries to get one more year. I don't know what his contract situation looks at, but maybe. Uh, that's one of those ones that where you uh, like they because these owners don't owe these players, especially guys like that. They don't owe them a thing. I mean, they got a championship. They've made money beyond beyond belief that they'd ever thought they would ever see. And then, but these owners, like if, if Ovechkin wasn't within uh, the eighty or eighty goals, whatever it is, of uh, Gretzky's record, I don't think he would. 
you would see Ovi in a in a Washington Capitals jersey. If he was a if he was two hundred goals away, he'd probably be playing somewhere else if he still wanted to be playing. But they they can sell this 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 whole thing for the next couple of years. Like these owners don't owe these guys anything. Maybe it's just Ovechkin sticking. It's it's just so the owners want to make a bit more money there with Ovechkin. That's it's one of those things. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and Ovi's going to get the opportunities on the top lines. I mean, not that Ovi doesn't deserve that, but I mean, especially as the year goes on. I mean, the Capitals future kind of looking a little bleak um especially with the start that they're out to this season so you know, i think he's gonna have some opportunities to score a lot more goals if he wants to the uh world series got uh it's gonna be a dud i don't know anybody west of uh or east of you is gonna be watching this thing with the uh, arizona diamondbacks and the uh, texas rangers not the two sexiest franchise not the biggest fan bases by any means uh like I said earlier, a couple hundred lost season for both of them a couple of years ago. Uh, it kind of goes to show that maybe if you just stick to it, get and both teams they went about a separate ways. Like Texas went out and spent a bunch of money, and with uh, Marcus Semyon and um, and the, and the like, and then uh, the the Diamondbacks they have a bunch of guys out of their farm system, young guys, young pitchers. Like the, the it's crazy to see that 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 happen. Um, if you had the, if they gave Jake a, a franchise, how would you build your franchise? Spend, 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 and buy, or build it through the farm and hope. Uh, I You're think hoping it's how much money I have. I mean, five hundred fifty-six million, I believe they spent on the Grom, Scherzer, and uh, Seager. That's a lot of money to shell out to some of those guys. But you know, I think if you have the opportunity, you spend the money and see what happens, and hope you can build enough around. Now, there's obviously sometimes where that doesn't work. Look at Los Angeles Angels, where you just have three great players and you're not able to do anything about it. But, you know, I think building through the farm system works and it's working for the Diamondbacks. I think they've, they've caught a little bit of a magic run here. Reminds me of the Bengals, the one year that they went to the Super Bowl, um, just kind of caught lightning in a bottle. But um, yeah, you know, I think I would spend the money if I had the opportunity and hope you could put something around it. It's uh, it's crazy to think that these two teams are, are going there. Like you, you look at how Texas stumbled into the end of the postseason. They basically crapped all over themselves in the last uh, three weeks of the season. We're lucky to even get in because they 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 led that division all 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 summer long. And then Arizona had eighty four wins, I think, and they had the, a negative run d- differential. Now they're going to the World Series. Who are you uh, who are you picking? I think I'm going to take the Rangers. You know, I think um, I think. The Diamondbacks are going to run out of momentum. I'm a, I was rooting for the Phillies, so maybe that have a little bit of bias. But um, yeah, I think you know, I think the Rangers have the guys that have been there before um, with Seager. I mean, other than that, I mean, they're two brand new organizations, pretty much. There's not a lot of championship experience on either one of those teams. So um, I think it'll be a rather entertaining uh, World Series. I don't know how many people are going to tune in to watch it because, uh, as you mentioned, to just not big brands in baseball at all. And even people in Arizona aren't from Arizona. Right, so they're exactly. Not, they're, I mean, they're fans of everybody else when, when, when they're there, right? So it's, Right, I mean, Arizona sports in general have kind of had an issue with keeping uh, stuff going. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But, um, yeah, I think I'll take the Rangers. I uh, I think the Rangers are going to win just because eventually they, they got to win a home game. That's one of those things. And I, th- I think that they're, they're just too good, too strong and kind of built for it. And I, I think you're going to see, you might get, uh, you might get a good start out of Scherzer. You'll see if he's going to make the, the roster. He didn't have a, a great, a great start his last time out, but I think you're going to see one more, one good legend, like legacy kind of a start out of, out of uh, Scherzer. And I think it's going to be a really good world series. Like for, for, for a baseball dork, like myself, I'd, I'd be watching regardless, no matter what, but yeah, like it, it, it is too bad. 
glad that you won't have a lot of a lot of eyeballs on it because once again football's king and 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 that's just how it is and it's it's crazy how the uh, the fall classic has turned into uh, the, uh, the nobody really cares because how because of how big football is especially down your, your your neck of the woods yeah if it's not Dodgers Yankees you know it's really it's hard for people to get into it you know and that's just something that baseball's kind of come to and have has to deal with but yeah you know two non major um brands which it's kind of weird too because you look at the markets that they're in i mean dallas fort worth is a pretty big market and phoenix Huge. is obviously a pretty big market but just the brands aren't there so the uh national international waves to watch this series isn't isn't there yeah it's it's crazy to think what do you remember what do you remember about the uh the cubs world series victory what do you remember about that that was a magic i mean it was so weird for the city of chicago because um everybody loved the Cubs. I mean, even, even as a White Sox fan, obviously they were playing the uh, guardians, but uh, I was rooting for the Cubs. I mean, some, some White Sox fans aren't going to enjoy that, but <laughs> it, was, it was amazing for the city. I mean, just everybody was in on that bandwagon and everybody wanted to see him win. Even, even people that hadn't watched baseball in a while, you know, they wanted to see the Cubs win and there was a ton of draw for it. So it was really awesome to see them win. Um, I hate saying that, but it was, it was cool for the city. No, I, it was, I was, I was glued to that one for like, it was remarkable drama, the way it went seven games and then the 10th inning, the little rain delay and the, the whole bit and the, yeah, no, it, it was such, it was such an entertaining world series. One of the best I, in, in, in my, uh, in my lifetime that I seen ranks are up there with the, the old one world series that the Yankees actually lost. But yeah, it was, it was a great, great drama in, in 2016. I actually went to Wrigley uh, in 2017, the year after, and I uh, went for the tours and stuff. It's great. It's a great ballpark. It's a lot of fun. I, I have yet to be, to go to uh, whatever they call the, where the White Sox play what is it guaranteed mortgage guaranteed rate field is what the guaranteed is. rate field that just rolls it's the off the sell. that's what everybody calls it here us sell your field but yeah it's yeah. it's now the guaranteed rate yeah what's that place like i've never i've never yeah i've thought about going it's never yeah uh, i will i will it's it's kind of a it's an average ballpark yeah um, i think we need, but the food is fantastic if, if you're gonna go there for anything the food is absolutely top notch i think it's kind of been voted on as the best food in the mlb it's the food scene at guaranteed rate is awesome. I think there's a great atmosphere when it's a big game, but get some of those times where, especially towards the end of this year, where there no one showed up. Um, but, but yeah, if you're going for, for guaranteed rate, I would shoot for the food. Yeah, it looked like people dressed as seat night every there night there all the time there to, in Chicago. It's that's tough going. Chicago sports are like it's it's such a like you had the Bulls dynasty obviously, and then the, the Hawks dynasty, and the Bears haven't done anything in how long? Um, yeah, it's uh, she's must be tough being a Chicago sports fan a little, little bit. I think what the Cubs are the only team that finished over 500 this year. I mean, the Bulls aren't going to do it. Um, Cubs finished, I think, two games over 500. I think they finished 84 and 80, so four games, whatever you want to call it. But um, White Sox, obviously, 100 lost team. And then, obviously, the Blackhawks just got number one pick in the draft. So it's a rough it's a rough time to be a Chicago sports fan right now, and I don't see it changing in the near future. <laughs> Jeez, it's crazy to think the market that size would be like that. Like it's, uh, yeah, it's 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 odd. You get, get free agency and everything, and how it just doesn't like because most teams it ebbs and flows. But for a whole city to to not have anything for that long, it's just uh, it's kind of nuts. But from the things. third, I mean, it's the third biggest city in the U.S. that just they just can't win, can't win at all. Yeah, no, no. things will turn around, Jake. I have high hopes for you. I have high hopes for you. Who's your like? You're a Packers guy. Is that your favorite team? Um, yeah, probably the Packers. I think the big thing with me is like the Packers have been the only winning team I've had. So I think I've focused most of my attention towards them because they're winning. Like my other teams have been losing, uh, growing still up. still got Clemson though. I do. Uh, not anymore. <laughs> they're pretty bad. They're having a tough one. Yeah, they're having a tough one. Yeah, they're having a tough one. 
Jake, uh, thanks for thanks for coming on the show. We'll talk after what we're going to do, do later on. But uh, what do you got going on? What's uh, happening in the world of Jake? Uh, yeah, so got some volleyball playoffs going on for high school volleyball, and then transitioning into some high school basketball as it comes up here. So always fun when you get to call high school sports. It's a unique atmosphere. Um, I call a one A 1A Illinois high school football team. So um, as small town as it gets, and you just get the community feel. It's it's always an awesome feeling to, you know, kind of get the community involved in uh, high school football. No, I uh, like up here, it's not high school sports aren't aren't as nearly as pre- prevalent as they are down. Like even if you go two hours just south into Montana, once you cross the border, it's a whole different world when you, with, when you guys with your college and high school sports. I, I'm, I'm, I've been quite envious of that my entire life, actually, because it's I went to uh, I was out in Vancouver Island last weekend with my uh, my sister and her uh, her daughter. They went we went and watched the high school football game there. And and uh, there wasn't 20 people watching that game last uh, last Friday. So I'm quite envious of what you guys have going on down there because it, it, it brings community together. And like it, it really, it really does. Because a lot of people like they're alumni of, of the schools and things. It really, it helps uh, grow the community hundred percent. Like it's. Uh, and what about WMKR? What's happening there? Yeah, we have a '90s country and uh, well, yesterday and today country and do the '90s and nine request show in the morning. So that's always fun. Get some callers. Get to hear some '90s country that I never heard. Of course, I was born in '02, so all of it predates me. So um, I grew up on country music, though. My dad was a huge country music fan, so I know some of it. Um, Alan Jackson and Garth Brooks and who else is out there? Martina Garth McBride. Brooks, Alan Jackson, Tim McGraw. What do we got over <laughs> here? Clint Black, Faith Hill. That's what we're looking at. That's what oh, we're that's right, that's right up my alley. That's right up my – I graduated high school in 92, Jake, so that's right up my alley when I was going to the, the nightclubs and all that crazy stuff <laughs> back when I was a kid. So, yeah, right on. No, Jake, thanks very much for doing this, and we'll uh, we'll have to have you on the show again very t- anytime soon to talk about uh, – see how the Blackhawks are doing, maybe the mid uh, – the end of the football season, maybe uh, have a post-mortem at the, the NFL and the NFL season. Yeah, I'm sure more depressing sports stories from coming from Chicago, I'm sure. Great on, Jake. Thanks very much. We'll talk to you later. Of course. Thank you. SeatGeek is the ticketing app for fans like Boomstick Lady. No free throw is safe from the roar of her sticks. SeatGeek helps her find a seat in the direct eye line of the shooter so she can sit where her boomsticks make the biggest boom. <laughs> Everybody okay? SeatGeek handles the tickets to sports, concerts, and more, so fans can fan. Thank you. Thank you once again to SeatGeek.com, the SeatGeek app for sponsoring the 1420 podcast. We appreciate all the support. Make sure you're, if you're going to a game or a, an event this week, and make sure you guys use 1420pod at SeatGeek.com today and save some 20 bucks on your first purchase. Uh, and tell, tell your friends either too, why not, if they're going to a game or whether they might go and be going to. Let's get to birthdays and on this day and get you guys out of here. Uh, what do we got here? On our happy 40th birthday to Francisco Liriano, born on this day in 1983 in San Cristobal, Dominican Republic. Liriano made his big league debut September 5th, 2005 versus the Texas Rangers, going one inning, giving up a home run to the very first batter he ever faced in Gary Matthews. Liriano settled down after that, striking out the next two batters he faced and closed the game out in the Twins' uh, loss to the Texas Rangers that night. Things would get a lot better for Liriano uh, as he threw a no-hitter 
versus Chicago White Sox on May the 3rd, 2011, in the Twins' one nothing victory over the White Sox. Uh, Liriano is a one-time All-Star who played 14 years in the big leagues and has a career batting average or career numbers of 112 and 114 with a 4.15 ERA, striking out 1,815 batters while making stops in Minnesota, Chicago, Pittsburgh, Toronto, Houston, and Detroit. Happy birthday to Francisco Liriano. And his uh, no-hitter, I think he, he walked six guys, if I recall correctly, but it's one of those things. He, he still got a no-hitter. You can't argue with that. It was one of the, the messier no-hitters. I think he only struck out three as well in that game. But uh, happy birthday, nonetheless, to uh, Francisco Liriano. And, of course, this one uh, is going to bring a tear to my eye a little bit. On this day in 1996, the New York Yankees beat the Atlanta Braves 3-2 in Game 6 of the World Series in front of 56,000. 375 people at Yankee Stadium in the Bronx, New York. The Yankees scored all three of their runs in the third inning. Paul O'Neill scored in a Joe Girardi triple. Girardi scored in a Derek Jeter single. And then Jeter scored. Jeter stole second base and scored on a burn, baby burn, Bernie Williams single. Jimmy Key got the win for the Yankees, giving up five or going five and a third, giving up five hits and going uh, one run on a, he gave it the one run on a base loader walk in the fourth, Jermaine Die. Mariano Rivera went in for the seventh and eighth, pitched two innings of shutout relief before giving way to John Wetland. The Braves made it close in the ninth when Ryan Klesko scored on a Marquise Grissom single, but that's the closest they would get as the next batter, Mark Lemke, fouled out to Yankees third baseman, Charlie Hayes. Uh, and sending the Yankees fans and the team into a frenzy by winning the World Series, their 23rd in franchise history, and their first title since 1978 on this day in uh, in baseball, Yankee history, and everything else that happened. Uh, it was great reminiscing about that, those old stuff and those old names like Bernie Williams and obviously Jeter and Girardi, and, and you go through the names of all those great Yankee teams. That team's a long ways away from winning a game in 1996. is a long time ago since the, since that happened, but it's a lot of fun reminiscing about that stuff. Anyways, thank you very much for listening to the show. Make sure you guys uh, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel to uh, get our numbers up there and watch, watch the show. Great, great highlights, great clips, everything else. Thanks especially to uh, Jake for uh, joining us on the show to talk about some Chicago land sports and everything else. A great talk, have a conversation. Uh, he's going to be our uh, he's going to be our uh, new intern for for the fourteen twenty podcast. Bring some youthful exuberance onto the show. Going to help us out. He's got a very good resume for uh, for being such a, such a young guy. Got a lot going on in his world. So uh, thanks very much for Jake for joining us, and uh, we'll get him on the show a few times. Maybe introduce him to Dave too, and we'll get get going. Maybe get him on the 1420 podcast as well. Thanks, Jake. Once again, everybody, uh, yeah, that's all we got for today. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. And remember, it doesn't matter where you are. It's who you're with. Have a great day, folks. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You just listened to the 1420 Sports Bar Podcast. Four beer of the sports talk and a whole lot more. We are part of the 